Welcome, welcome, welcome to the QC Hornets Nest, a podcast powered by the Charlotte Observer. I'm your host and resident beat writer, Rod Boone. This is your place to get all the latest buzz, news, and nuggets on the Charlotte Hornets. I'll be telling you stories other shows won't and giving you the inside access other shows can't. So you ready? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Well, I haven't saying it all year. No, not that James Borrego will get fired. Not that. Shoot, on the last podcast, I mentioned how there was no indication that was happening. He wasn't going to get fired, I told you guys. That wasn't happening. He signed to an extension, multi-year extension, less than nine months ago. How could that happen, right? That wasn't, that wasn't happening. The Hornets aren't swimming in riches. They don't do that kind of thing where they can give somebody an extension and then fire him and hire somebody else a year later. They, they don't do that. But, but no, what I've said repeatedly is this team seems to be up and down. It's hard to figure out. Well, that didn't change with this latest bombshell of James Borrego being fired. Literally 24 hours after the last podcast, when I mentioned that all indications from the end of the season up until that point before my pod, from everybody I talked to, from everything happening behind the scenes, there was nothing, and I repeat, nothing to even suggest that this was bubbling up on the surface or beneath the surface, if you want to even go that route. But yeah, James Borrego, after leading the Hornets to 43 wins, another incremental improvement to the point where it was just the fourth time since 2405 when basketball returned here to Charlotte, that the Hornets have actually had a winning record. And in three of those seasons, they lost in the first round of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So it just goes to show that this, even though there are some people who could say, yeah, I saw it coming, 99.98% of the people did not see it coming. There's only really, really 1%, 0.1% of people who did. And there's always going to be that kind of fraction when you have um, sides trying to figure out who's best to lead the franchise as a coach. You're going to always have people who don't like a coach, people who do like them. There's going to be detractors, haters. There's going to be people who love you, who are for you. Um, but... but because as we all know, coaches essentially are hired to get fired. Nobody lasts a lifetime as a head coach in any professional sport because that's just not the way things are done and operated. They always feel like at some point a new voice is needed, even if you want a championship, because they feel sometimes as owners that the voice may get stale in the locker room and they want something new. So with the Hornets moving forward and letting James Borrego go, as I mentioned in, in my story that I wrote at the time it happened, which literally happened um, during uh, a little bit of a break for myself, it's one of those things where the Hornets have to now get this right. And I will get to that in a minute about candidates and my analysis of what I think should happen going forward but when you really look at just how things are right now, after this decision, as I mentioned in my story, the reasons that it was told to me 
that Gene Borrego was let go was for a few reasons. Um, and at the forefront of them was the Hornets' performances in the past two playing tournament games. They were, as anybody who follows the team well knows, two really bad performances, to be honest with you. There's no way that you can get around that. And to have a result that actually was worse a few weeks ago than it was just under a year or so ago to Hornets management was unacceptable. That was something that they just didn't like. And that was really the main factor driving here was the final game. It wasn't the cumulative effect of the season, of the wins, of anything else. It seemed like it was more of the end result in that last thinking memory that was in the, just the, the memory of, of owner Michael Jordan. He just didn't like it apparently. And it, it just one thing where the, the organization as a whole just seemed to say, all right, we have to go on to the next step here. And the Hornets are a team that, as we know, is kind of right on that cusp of potentially being a team to be reckoned with in terms of the way they are set up right now. We have a point guard, LaMelo Ball, who is becoming a, I wouldn't say global icon just yet, but he's definitely getting his name out there um, after his all-star year and being able to now be showcased in commercials that are being seen nationally. So the Hornets have a player who kind of transcends not only the younger generation to kind of get them interested in playing basketball, um, excuse me, to, to watching them play basketball, but also to be able to watch the Hornets, period, um, and watch the mellow ball as well. So, again, the, so that was the first thing, is the Hornets just felt that the playing tournament losses were a problem. That, to me, was, from what I was told, was kind of like the overriding factor decision to kind of send James Borrego um, out the door. And the other reasons were defense didn't play up the par the way that the team would have liked to, the organization would have liked to. And ultimately it comes down to the head coach. Um, James Borrego even mentioned after, during extra interviews, when I asked him about um, just the season as a whole and, and trying to get better for next year, he mentioned how the offensive defense, like the head coach, they're all on him. So the organization knows that as well. And they weren't happy with the way the defense just wasn't up to par, especially in the last couple of games when they were fighting for a playing tournament berth home game there. Things didn't work out for them. And they got basically pasted twice on the road in Philadelphia and Miami and gave up 144 points in each game. And as you're potentially preparing for a possible home game and you're making announcements at your home venue saying, hey, fans, playoff tickets for the potential home playing tournament game go on sale. 
and it don't come to fruition for a second straight year when it's kind of right there within your grasp. That's frustrating, I'm sure, for the organization. Not so much for revenue purposes, but more so just because you could have had a little bit more gusto excitement going to the next season. And for the second straight year, it didn't happen. So defense wasn't up to par the way they like to. Playing tournament losses definitely were a huge factor. And I think the other thing where they just they just felt it was time for a new voice. Um, whether you want to agree with that or not, that's uh, you know, again, your choice or decision, but that's what the organization um seems to feels that after four years, it's time for a different voice to lead them in another direction to get to that next level they're hoping to get to. Um, and you know, Steve Clifford got five seasons previously a little bit. So if you want to kind of you know mention that, I guess, but it, it's one of those things where they just felt it was time to move on. So it all kind of came down really quickly there. That's again, because I mentioned that there was no indication of this happening. And I think things just started balling in a certain direction. And once it started going to that point, you know, it just wasn't able to be stopped. And it was just kind of one of those things where it ultimately you have to be able to be accountable in this business. And the Hornets felt like it was time for them to make a move and just change things and go in a different direction. So that's that part of it. All right, so now that I tried to do my best to explain how this kind of transpired and what changed a little bit in just a couple of days here from where the season ended to just how things changed on Friday where James Borrego was let go by the Hornets. Now the main thing is, as I said earlier, the Hornets, as I also have written a little bit, you'll see, have to get it right for a number of reasons. The first one really is because you were building something here. And if you're going to interrupt that by changing head coaches after a 43-win season, you must do that by finding somebody who has the pedigree and credentials to get you to that next level. And that is not an assistant coach who is a riser who, to me, has not played before at this point. Because James Borrego, that's basically what he was, a play development coach. And he was somebody who came from the Spurs organization and had a structure and different method about the way that he wanted to go about things because with the Spurs, they found a way that worked. And a lot of times when you know what works, you try to implement that in your own position with your little own tweaks and bells and whistles. And with the Hornets, it just feels like if they're not going to go with James Borrego, they have to find somebody who, to me, first of all, played in the NBA at least potentially. A point guard would even be even better because that will help you as you try to develop the mellow ball. But also somebody who's been at the top of the coaching tree per se on a staff of a championship type team. If you can have all those ingredients into one, and I'm not sure exactly who that is just yet. I'm trying to just still sort through different people and candidates and just figure out who may be the best. But you know, whether it's that names that are out there like Mark Jackson, um, you know, a uh, Darvin Ham potentially with Milwaukee, 
Sam Cassell, people of that ilk. You know, because you look at how things have gone in the last couple of years, even this last offseason, like Jason Kidd was bought in. He was on the Lakers staff under Frank Vogel. He was bought in to Dallas. Of course, he was head coach before, previously in Milwaukee and Brooklyn, but still, he's doing his thing in Dallas. Chauncey Billups, you know, was going to a t- tough situation in Portland, but he got the head coaching job, and Dane Lillard still wants to be there, sounds like. So that's a positive for them. And then, you know, you throw on Willie Green, who is doing pretty good things with New Orleans um, and just kind of see where he's, he's taken them so far in this first season with the Pelicans and making them a team that not only made the playoffs, but in some regard actually helped the owners out by helping them get that first round pick in the upcoming draft, thanks to Devontae Graham sign and trade. But to me, that's the kind of candidate that Hornets have to go out there and get. Somebody who can not only work well with their young core players, but somebody who's kind of been in the league and can give them that, I've been there, excuse me, I've been there, done that kind of thing. And if they are able to do that and find the right person, then it's going to help them in the long term. Because if they do not find the right person, and think that they have the right person and end up having to make a move in another couple of years here when LaMelo Ball is going to be going to the prime of his career, trying to figure out what's next for him and his NBA professional step. That's why it's imperative the Hornets get this right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. They have to find the appropriate personality, the proper um, mentality, everything, skill set, experience level, everything. They have to find the right person to come in here and get this team to the next level because they're right on the cusp. And by interrupting the potential cycle, by cutting ties with James Borrego, potentially maybe they felt like he wasn't going to be the guy moving forward beyond year five. So if that was the case, maybe they let him go now and make that move to find the person they think can get them to the next level. Well, that's the case, another reason why it's imperative that they do not mess this up because the future of the franchise for the next five plus seasons is easily riding on this decision. All right, so we're going to close it out with a couple of random stats this week. First, the first stat is the number seven. That's the number of head coaches the Hornets have had since pro basketball returned to Charlotte in 2004-05. Seven. Seven head coaches. It's not a whole lot, but just want to give you a little perspective in terms of just the amount of people who've been in that position where they've been tasked with the, you know, the duty of going there and leading the Hornets to success. And, you know, basically many of them have failed, which leads me into my next random stat. Five, that's the longest tenure of any of them. And Steve Clifford is the one who has the longest tenure, believe it or not. He actually had five years, five seasons. So, just give you a little perspective there, just on the Hornets and just 
how their coaching situation has gone over the years and just who they've kind of bought in and just the way things are kind of going with the end of the bench. So, again, those numbers aren't horrific, but just something to give you perspective in just terms of, of just, I guess, the longevity of being a Hornets coach and just trying to figure things out. And as I mentioned earlier, the next coach they bring in here is going to have to be able to get at least three years minimum because of financial obligations, at least in my mind, that the Hornets also have for James Borrego. But I've been wrong before, right? Could be wrong again. So maybe the next coach is here less than three years. But from my perspective, it looks like that's going to have to be the case. And when you look at the Hornets' history, it probably will be. Well, so there you have it. Thanks so much for joining me for this latest episode of QC Hornets Nest. I'm Rod Boone. For more Hornets content, check out charlotteobserver.com. And for a special sub offer to gain full access, click the link in my stories where it says support my work with a digital subscription. All right, until next time, we out.